Hello, my name is Thomas. Welcome to British Culture, Albion Never Dies. If you listen to those background noises, you might hear that I'm somewhere slightly different than usual. I'm down in London, and I am here opposite the SIS building, also known as the MI6 headquarters in the James Bond films. Uh, so it's opposite me, so I'm on Millbank, and behind me is the Tate Britain Art Gallery. And you see that flashing past in the 1999 movie The World is Not in the, uh, the Q-boat shoots out of the MI6 building, crashes onto the Thames, goes past here. You kind of see it in the background, but all the banners are out for some special exhibition. There's a few uh, banners there, but I'm just having a, a little wander along um, and taking in all the sights. And it's a very popular film and one of the most popular pre-title sequences for a James Bond film. So uh, we'll have a little, uh, little word from some of my friends and see what they like about it. The World Is Not Enough is an amazing, amazing boat scene. My favorite part is just Pierce Brosnan, the way he looks the entire time. He's in the suit, he's soaking wet, he still looks fierce, he's ready to go, and he still has time to adjust his tie underwater. Fantastic boat scene, amazing pre-title sequence, overall underrated Bond movie, fantastic Pierce at his best. Now there you may have recognised the voice of Donnie Waldron over at Quantum of History. We talked about this film, The World Is Not Enough, I believe in episode 5 of his podcast. It's a really good film, this sequence alone is great and it does showcase London in a beautiful cinematic way. Just this clip on YouTube, the pre-title sequence, The Boat Chase, is a real favourite of many. Now if you're listening at time of release, there will be a Cue the Music concert coming up on the Sunday, Sunday, October the 15th. And quite a few of us Bond fans are getting together on the day and indeed over that weekend. And we'll be wandering along, taking in some of the sights that just flash past. So that's partly why I'm doing this podcast. I thought I'd chat to my friends, see what they like. We'll be traveling around and we'll be sharing on all our various channels, whether it's on Instagram or YouTube or perhaps here on podcasts, we'll be sharing about our trips as we make the most of, well, James Bond's London. But just to narrow it down very specifically, we'll narrow it down to The World Is Not Enough, the 1999 uh, movie outing. And of course, that Cue the Music concert will be at the O2, the Millennium Dome, which is where the boat chase ends. Now let's hear from Daniel Gaster, who has been working with me to put together a little bit of an event on the day. Here's Daniel. Well, it's funny to get a WhatsApp message from the host of the podcast when I'm listening to the podcast. Quite strange. Um, Favourite scenes in the Twine boat chase? There are a few that spring to mind. One is the point where uh, 007 submerges the boat under the Thames, and as he's going under the bridge, uh, underwater, he just adjusts his tie which is very Pierce Brosnan but it, it's just that little flourish which I think everybody loved and apparently it was something that he added on to that. The second uh, part that I think about is this might not necessarily be in, in order but is the part of the film where you've got some um, civil enforcement officers clamping a vehicle and I think at the time uh, one of them was like the most hated man in England, he'd, he'd given a parking ticket to his own mother 
and they had a script and everything but the boat just went whizzed right past them and absolutely soaked them and that is a genuine reaction because they weren't expecting that the final bit is um, when Bond is going through the market and then crashes through the restaurant and then uh, as it arrives back on the Thames it is this beautiful scene of what was the Millennium Dome back then and I think it was such a striking image at the time because it was really newly built and you didn't realise at that point that uh, that would be the, the climax of the chase. Thank you very much to Daniel Gaster for getting back to me on that. And indeed, he's been really driving the idea that we should all get together on Sunday, the uh, the 15th of October, before the Cue the Music concert, and go along the uh, the river and check out all these locations. I've really, really appreciated that. So thank you to Daniel Gaster. And he really reminded me of some of those key moments, because this was the first James Bond movie that I saw in the cinema. So I remember that, that ending of the boat chase as we see the Millennium Dome at the time of filming, of course, it wasn't even fully completed, so they had to quickly put some of the white covering on it and then take it off and replace it with a real one. But also, I remember the boat landing in some like little pond or something. It seemed really strange when you've got a great big river to have that ending where the boat crashes into a pond. However, I got uh, exclusive insight into why we have it because that water is part of the water filtration system, so there's no chemicals involved in the original Millennium Dome. There'd been a great kind of scare about, you know, all kinds of chemicals being in drinking water and so on. So there was actually a rarely unique filtration system where it went, all the water used at the Millennium Dome went through this series of filters, ponds, all kinds of stuff, really interesting. Um, and my father supplied that equipment. He was in heavy engineering at the time, water engineering, um, generally working in, say, the Gulf or Texas, places like that. Um, but on this occasion, he supplied the stuff to the Millennium Dome. So uh, I got a good little bit of insight there. And yes, those police, uh, those traffic wardens, whatever they were, uh, they were very famous at the time. I remember that, and I have had a quick Google to see if I can find any kind of actual evidence online. That's who they were. But I have this memory. Daniel Gaster has that memory. I think quite a few British listeners will have that memory. But what a great, what a great boat chase for... I don't know, for showing London at that time. That's something that uh, my friend Roland Hume, British author, will talk about next. Hi, Thomas. It's me, Roland, and I love The World Is Not Enough. I think it's just a wonderful, wonderful James Bond movie. I think all the Brosnan movies were, were great, and this was one of the best. And, and one of the reasons for that was that boat chase through London at the beginning. I loved it. I think one of the cool things about James Bond films is that they are always achingly contemporary. And you couldn't get more contemporary than James Bond on the cusp of the millennium, having the Millennium Dome featured in the movie, this boat chase through London, when London was like at, at the zenith as a cool city, like late 1990s, early 2000s, like Britpop was cool, London was cool. And it was just really awesome to see like James Bond having this cool chase through London rather than some exotic locale. So, I don't know. I loved it. It was one of my favourite parts of, uh, of The World Is Not Enough, which is one of my favourite Bond movies. Thank you very much to Roland Hume for giving me that insight. And you can find Roland Hume on Instagram and on YouTube with just the name Roland Hume. And of course you can find his books on Amazon. Now here's a gentleman you really should be following on YouTube, on Instagram, if you have any interest at all in the world of Mr. Bond, James Bond. Hello, this is David Zritsky for the Bond Experience, 
And I've got to tell you, I love the chase scene from The World Is Not Enough. It's amazing. It's actually one of my favorite waterway chase scenes in the entire Bond franchise. But my favorite part has to be when Brosnan takes the Q-boat underwater. He pushes the throttle, the Q-boat goes underwater. And underwater, you see him straighten out his tie. I mean, come on. It's a great Brosnan moment. It's very tongue-in-cheek. It's a perfect Bond moment, and yes, it's sartorial. It's, it's four things in one. So how can this not be my favorite part? Absolutely perfect. Thank you very much to David Zaritsky from the Bond Experience for recording that message. And now, let's have a listen to what Ken, my friend Ken, uh, on Instagram, his handle is Oceanographer because he is a fan of the, the Oceans movie, the Oceans 11 and 12 and so on. You may have seen him on uh, the YouTube channel from Taylors with Love. What does he think of the The World Is Not Enough boat chase? I love the part where Bond crashes the boat through a restaurant because there's this brief moment where we're not looking at Bond yet. We're just watching these regular people have like a business lunch. There's a big guy about to put a breadstick into his mouth and then boom, here comes this rocket propelled boat out of nowhere. Thank you very much, Ken. And I said that you could see him on... Sometimes we do the Only Bond live stream, and so Ken's been on that. And that, of course, is From Taylor's With Love. So let's hear from Pete Brooker, the, the From Taylor's With Love man himself. Thomas, I just remembered that you wanted something recording regarding the boat chase from The World Is Not Enough, my favourite of all the James Bond pre-title sequences and a couple of moments that really stick out to me. One being at the very start where Bond notices... What? At the very start where Bond notices the, the ice? And without even knowing what's going on, M has his back and just says, Money Penny, stop Kane. You know? He just gets up and goes, get in the money. What does M know about it? But he, she knows that he's onto something. Number one. Number two, of course, we have the uh, adjusting of the ties hey. as he goes under underneath. I think it's Glengall Bridge. Glen, Glengall Bridge. <laughs> That's just just a little bit of showing off from Bond that life is a bit easier. Also, uh, it's the sound of London going along, the city of Westminster cleaning the streets. So that's it from me. Enjoy. And go forth. <laughs> and we will be going forth, going forth on uh, on the boat chase route itself and points to uh, Pete for knowing the name of the bridge that Bond goes underwater to avoid. Okay, I'm just by Lambeth Bridge. You might be able to hear in the background there's quite a few police outriders and a backup car. So we are in very much the, the government area. Of course, this is the second bridge that we see in the uh, the world is not enough boat chase. It takes a few seconds of screen time. And I'm always curious about the, the real world geography of places we see in films. Of course, in the Skyfall uh, chase in the pre-titles, we see Bond and Patrice go on a train from central Istanbul to something that looks nothing like <laughs> Istanbul very very quickly it made me wonder how long were they fighting on top of that train for it's a place I'm familiar with um, 
So, <laughs> of course, it takes them about three hours. So, no wonder Money Penny is getting a bit tired at the end and uh, makes that poor shot. Anyway, I'm happy looking at Lambeth Bridge. Very distinctive in the film because it's it looks relatively low um, and it's got that red, white, and blue colour scheme. So, it really does pop, and we get quite a few shots of it. I'm going to carry on walking, and ahead of me I can see the London Eye. Oh, and I can see Westminster Bridge, just beyond it. I actually remember seeing it when I was quite young, and I was surprised that, gosh, there's a lot of bridges <laughs> going across the Thames. Um, yeah, just in this section of London, there happen to be quite a few, but of course Westminster Bridge is a very different colour, being kind of a bluey-green, I guess, a colour that the Victorians seem to absolutely love. So, as I said when I was on location, this boat chase has a lot of bridges. We start off from Vauxhall Bridge, that's next to the SIS building or MI6 in the film. It starts off from Vauxhall Bridge going towards Lambeth Bridge, which is kind of red, white, blue. And uh, then it carries on underneath that bridge going towards Westminster. And the bridge that everyone's talking about where the boat kind of shoots underwater and Bond adjusts his tie, that is Glengall Bridge. That's on the Isle of Dogs and that's towards the end of the boat chase where the boat will ultimately go overland and head towards the Millennium Dome, now known as the O2. Anyway, for recording on location, I'm still in that central bit of London, walking along the Thames. I'm now just coming up to Hungerford Bridge. I'm a little bit past the uh, Westminster Bridge plenty of traffic here on the weekend and in front of me is the the war office uh, or at least the old war office now the Ministry of Defence and this is the place that we see Daniel Craig walk into in No Time to Die that's obviously his office and behind me is uh, the Millennium Wheel <laughs> the London Eye and uh, yeah yeah, this is a place that's a very popular place for uh, Bond films, and those shouts are cyclists attempting to shoot along uh, despite all the crowds of tourists. <laughs> well, as you can hear from that clip, London is a very, very noisy place. It may surprise people not from the UK that London is not necessarily universally loved across the UK. Of course, I live in a small village in Yorkshire, and I did a podcast episode all about Yorkshire fairly recently. And indeed, before I came down to London, most recently, along the main high street of the little town where I live, were a bunch of kids going along in a horse and trap. <laughs> it's a very, very different environment. Across the border, over in Lancashire, and you can hear all about that historic rivalry on that Yorkshire episode. In Lancashire, well, there's a soap opera called Coronation Street. Here's a compilation of people on that soap opera just saying the word London. to London. London! I've got London this afternoon. I'll be out your air then. London? University College London. London? You're going to London. London? Going where? London. Why are you saying it like that? Well, of course, there are many joys in London. So, indeed, seeing it in a film like this is a wonderful thing. 
I should say I do have actually a bit of a, a personal connection because aside from this being the first uh, Bond film I saw in the cinema, I did have. I suppose what's now referred to as a bit of a James Bond experience. Of course, at university, I joined a University Royal Naval Unit. It's a naval reserve for people who are at university. So I had my training at Dartmouth and Raleigh and and at sea and at sea. And the first time that I took the helm of a Royal Navy ship was actually starting off from around Tower Bridge and taking it down the River Thames, going past the Millennium Dome, now the O2, and going out to sea. This was a very, very memorable uh, occasion. So I have to say, I absolutely loved it. It did put me in mind of the film as it was going along, but it was just a brilliant experience in itself. And now it's more that when I watch the film, I think of actually my own experience. It was a fantastic thing to take a coastal patrol craft, a P-2000, uh, down the Thames and, as I say, out to sea. Okay, so I'll play the movie in the background, and hopefully if you've seen the movie, that'll help prompt your memory, but I'm going to talk us through it and talk about some of the sights we see as I've been going around London recently, and we start off at the section that Pete Brooker highlighted, where Bond is just having a little bit of uh, whiskey in M's office, and he notices it's bubbling up because he's been handling the money that he brought in recently. King, the money! So in this office that we've normally seen as, frankly, a bit of a stuffy office, we see Bond just hurtling along. <laughs> and there's Q just shaking his head. There we see Mr. King. Oh, he has all the money. What's going to happen next? For the first time in a James Bond film. We see MI6 directly under attack. I remember this being groundbreaking at the time. Of course, we've seen it since in Skyfall and Spectre. And out on the Thames, there is a boat. And a lady in red. I wonder if inspired by the song. Bond zips back. She's going off towards Lambeth Bridge. He hops in the Q-boat. Oh, I'm sorry, Q. I think he's just going to go off whilst that boat is unfinished. <laughs> well, a brief view of the uh, the opposite side of the riverbank. I hope to meet up with some friends. And they're going past the Tate Britain. The banners are all out for the exhibition. That is one of Britain's top art galleries. I believe free to enter, as it is a government one. And there we see a whole series of bridges going across the Thames. He has a, uh, James Bond has a boat which has uh, fire coming out of the back which always makes me think of the Batmobile from the 60s show. And there it's going past the Houses of Parliament. It is actually a very short distance, believable they make it in this time. Apparently some of the workers and maybe even some of the MPs had to be shooed along as they spent too much time looking out at the boat chase. They have to get on with actual work. You see Big Ben in the distance and Brosnan getting absolutely soaked. Crashing a, a jetty which is just there for the film, I believe. Or maybe it's not there because it got destroyed. Who knows? Maybe this whole thing is real. <laughs> and there we have my favourite shot where we have James Bond soaked in action in a beautiful three-piece suit with uh, Tower Bridge right behind him. But pretty quickly they're going down St. Saviour's Dock. 
So we see it, there's a, some signage for Java Wharf, so-called, because of course there's goods from Java being brought in. Again, I remember seeing this in the cinema first time, they suddenly zip into what looks like a very, very normal residential district around the canal area in Leeds. You have very, very similar homes to what, uh, what is surrounding them. It's just a little side dock in London. Of course, the big difference between a place like Leeds up in Yorkshire and London is the price. One-bedroom flats here start at over £1 million UK. So it's a nice little uh, dock, a side dock that they're in, allowing them to do all the acrobatics as they shoot along. And apparently Brosnan got to do a fair bit of this himself, worrying some of the stuntmen, but having a fantastic time. He said, what's the point in doing this kind of a movie if I don't get to do this? Well, there's a the lady shooting <laughs> rockets, blowing up a few uh, boats. Again, don't think I'll be seeing those as I wander about. And we start to see some of the taller buildings. Of course, for a long time, there were restrictions on how high you could build a boat... Uh, sorry, build a boat. How high you could build a building in London. Of course, those restrictions have been lifted relatively, relatively recently. We are coming up to the bridge that lowers down. She gets through in time, but by the time Bond gets there, the barrier is all across. This is Glengall Bridge, across the Millwall inner dock, actually in the Isle of Dogs. It just pulls a lever, goes underwater. Yeah, this is the bit that all the fellas love. Adjusts his tie, <laughs> and then resurfaces. Looking fabulous, of course. Well, you can hear there's a few explosions. She seems happy. He cannot follow her directly. There's too much fire in the way. So he checks. Well, what at the time seemed like science fiction, but of course it's science fact. It's Cubby Broccoli, famously described. Moonraker. It's an electronic map. Uses Google Maps to find a route. Here we see a couple of traffic wardens clamping. Oh, they don't get to say their dialogue. And now he's going along the, the salmon jumps and goes up onto land. This is, I believe, the ornamental canal. They have specially created a uh, London Canoe Club uh, shed, which he smashes through. And now he's going along on land. A few people have questioned this. What's actually happening here? I've always assumed there's kind of retractable wheels of some kind, and the fire behind is uh, blowing it up. Or maybe he's just skidding along. This boat is designed to aquaplane. I guess it's left to our imaginations. We don't see much, but we do see... Oh, man in a breadstick. Man in a breadstick. There he is. Bond smashing through the restaurants, and then just suddenly, seemingly out of nowhere, there he goes. The Millennium Dome, now known as the O2. This means he's now ahead of the lady... They're coming up towards each other. He will naturally fire a torpedo towards her. Fire. You see them shooting towards her. She takes a right. She's now heading towards the dome. A grand project for the millennium. Headed at the time by Peter Mandelson. Now Lord Mandelson. She loses the boat. We see a brief sign for the Millennium Experience as she uh, steals a hot air balloon. Always the best vehicle for an escape. Or for sneaking up on an Indian palace, if octopus is to be believed. 
There he goes, he's crashing into this little uh, pond thingy. <laughs> Which bothered me at the time, but there we go. And now Brosnan's hanging from a rope. Got a bit of classic dialogue coming up. Oh, the Thames flood barrier. Oh dear, she chooses death. <laughs> I remember that line. I can protect you, or not from him. I was like, is that, is that what they've said in all the previous films? <laughs> it's such a cliche, but uh, they don't say it in too many of the films. They normally try and avoid it, maybe because it is such a cliche. But he falls down, lands on the uh, soft tent, as I'd imagine, but obviously he gets uh, hooked on the wires, and so we go into the title sequence of the movie. Wow, what an exciting uh, sequence. Still one of my favourites. It brings a smile to my face, even just watching it and flicking through my notes of what is where. It looks fantastic. I do like, was it Trinity Boy Wharf, where the Q-boat jumps back into the Thames after crashing through the restaurant. It is a fantastic uh, boat chase. And as I say, there's so many interesting little things in the background because, well, London is quite central. Most of the things you want to see are within walking distance of each other. So they just flash past and, uh, well, they're significant in themselves, but it is lovely to go to a place and see the Bond significance as well. Right. Right, I think it's time to draw to a close. I have recently been wandering around London. I had a friend from China come and visit me, so I took my friend around a central bit of London. Of course, Chinese cities tend to be much taller. I mean, when I lived there, you know, I lived on, what, the 21st floor for quite a while, and I was relatively low down, especially compared to my little Yorkshire village. I think sixth floor is the tallest building there. Um, but even in London, it's not so tall. Even the tallest building in London, even though maybe the tallest in Western Europe, is relatively small compared to what I've seen in, say, uh, Shenzhen in China. But nonetheless, that's part of choice. That's part of regulation. For a long time, they weren't allowed to be too tall. And of course, because it has such history, everything was within walking distance or horse distance of each other. So it is a fantastic place to visit, just to walk around and see. The, uh, the graphic for this episode, by the way, was designed by Mr. Gibbs, who on Instagram is known as Commander Bond underscore 007. He's designed fantastic graphics for a number of members of the Bond community and is a very, very talented graphic designer. So thank you very much uh, to Mr. Gibbs for doing the Albion is not enough uh, thumbnail and you might see that around in a few social media pieces. Again, Thank you to him. Do message myself or Daniel Gaster if you're listening in this week of release and you'd like to meet up with us. And if you just want to follow our adventures, you can find me on Instagram at Fleming Never Dies. You can find Daniel at Daniel Gaster on Instagram. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs>